someone really wise told me be like water well we don't have to go too far to know who that is just tune into this episode hey there i am ishani nigam and you have tuned into my first step ever podcast i realized life's too short to postpone your dreams and too long to live someone else's so after failing thousand times i'm finally on a journey to fulfill my dreams of impacting people's life through what i do the best entertain and educate through podcasting digital content creation and thought leadership on this podcast i uncover stories that help you see why you must do what you want in life build conviction to follow them and how to build systems to sustain them and if you are an entrepreneur or a brand seeking exactly the same then i'm up for a chat on my instagram handle which is at my first step ever underscore in but for now if you want to achieve your goals and build never failing systems then what are you waiting for let's get started welcome on my first step ever it gives me so much joy and pleasure to welcome amazing people established people and successful people but how do you define their success what what does it mean to them to everything that they love and still keep doing despite all odds and not only that in their journey they also impact and influence positively other people to do what they love on my first step ever we invite people so that we can understand what it really takes to get to your first step to get to their first step so join me in welcoming such great personality who has impacted many people all around the world since past 30 years in his glorious career bread packard all the way from us hi bread Hi Ashani, it's wonderful to be here and I've been looking forward to having this conversation with you and I I'm sure that what we will talk about will benefit everybody listening. I have zero doubt with that and I am so excited so I'll introduce you to my listeners before we dig into this amazing conversation and we know a bit more about you and how you took this journey for mm-hmm. yourself so brett has 30 years of experience across 30 countries international banking wealth management space and he's ran complex high growth businesses and an array of product lines while serving as an executive director on subsidiary boards for the largest banks in two countries one that i know as anz in australia that we just spoke about besides this i mean this is an amazing skill quality to have but i'm sure there's lots that gone into it at present he helps build elite performers and teams across the globe within his new role which has been working since quite a while which is the the packet network mm-hmm. okay now i want to get straight into this because i know that a lot of people around the world i if you're sort of an influencer on linkedin as well a really good number of people who are following you who see your work who's been influenced by you have come in your interaction but let's trace back while you were growing up and just tell us that what was the surroundings the kind of mindset that you were surrounded with when you were growing up yeah i think that's a that's a great question i'd love to talk about that um i grew up in so i'm 
I'm 58 years old right now. I grew up um, in the 1970s, really, was my kind of my formative years. And, and you know, if you think back to the 1970s, there, were, there was no Internet. There was no computers. A lot of these things, not, not a smartphone at all. And the, the, of course, there was television, but there was what was really big when I was growing up was radio and also TV. But in my family, we listened to the radio quite a bit. And the radio influenced me heavily during my formative years where I, I kind of viewed the radio as a traditionary library of Shawnee where, where I could. And, and radio was both local radio Music was on the radio, but also uh, something something called shortwave radio, which at the time, today, it's no big deal. But at the time, if you could have a shortwave radio and put an antenna way up in the air, you could, you could hear a broadcast from a different country. And in my case, oh, wow. it would be the BBC in, in London. If I was lucky, I could catch that signal and actually hear what people in other countries were talking about. And that was a big deal for me at the time. Now you can just get it in a flash by using the internet. But so radio was a big influence, uh, radio to hear talk shows, to hear uh, different perspectives from different countries about what was going on in the world and different things like that. And But the reason why I talk about radio and one of the big influences back to your question was that, you know, if you think about a radio, you put up an antenna. And it attracts their signals, hundreds of signals flying around in your, uh, my dad taught me this, hundreds of signals flying around in the backyard and the antenna attracts the signals. So what, what I learned later in my career that I want to share with you and your audience today is that success is very much like you put up an antenna, which your antenna is your knowledge, your acquired experience, your your degrees, uh, whatever learning you have, then when that antenna's up, then you can start to attract, okay, opportunities. You can attract, if, if money's your objective, you can attract money, you can attract people, you can attract talent. Well, however you define it, because I believe that success is defined differently depending on the person. And so the radio analogy is very special to me because it, and the message I want to get across to your listeners is that is that it's very much like put up that antenna, sharpen your skills, develop yourself, and then you will attract success. That's incredible. And I think that is a very interesting analogy to think about, to hear about, and kind of decipher what it really means to you know understand what your success is and how you built it. And the small bits, pieces of building your own success. So that's amazing that we are starting on this note today, Brett, that how you built your success mm. or what really helped you in this journey. So mm. I would like to ask that while you were growing up, let's say you were a teenager, you were a young adult at that point in time, because that's the time when we are also learning, building our own selves, making our own mistakes. So what was the top three? What were the top three challenges that you faced at that point in time, in terms of the kind of career that you were trying to build 
were you always into you know uh, be, being that outspoken initiate taking the initiatives and thought of being a leader or how did that journey take place yeah i mean the answer is no 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 it was not that way <laughs> my journey is one that kind of evolved over time but i did have a dream and i'll talk about that but the top three things that I had to overcome, I'd say the first is having courage to to do something new. I grew up in a very small town, three, around 3,000 people, very small. Everybody knew each other, and that was fine as long as you're in the town, right? Out of that town, then um, you start to learn that things are very different, right? And you don't know anybody and, and that type of thing. So I'd say the first was having the courage to look beyond my immediate environment. I'd say the second thing was how to deal with adversity. When I was a young child, I didn't, I didn't not have to deal with adversity. So when I got out of the town and started to get into my, I, I remember a, just a short story when I went into university. So I went to two years of a junior college living at home, and then I was ready to go away, move away from home for the first time to a big university. And I did that. And after 10 days, I quit. And I quit because I couldn't, it was an adverse environment to me. I didn't like the environment. I was like a fish out of water. Nobody treated me poorly, but but in my own mind, Ishani, everything was wrong with everybody else except for me. So I didn't like the 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 people. I didn't like the the colors of the walls in my dormitory room at college. I didn't like my courses. I didn't like my professors. I didn't like the food. Everything was wrong except I was perfect in my own mind. So what's wrong? So I quit. That was the last time in my life that I ever quit anything. Because when I quit, I learned. I got back home and I said, what did I just do? And then I real I started to realize that maybe these other people weren't the problem. I was the problem. And I needed to learn how to operate out of the out of the water, the fish out of the water, right? Or I need to find my own water. And so I'd say so courage is one, adversity is two. And then I think number three in terms of leadership, which I'm I'm I've developed exceptional leadership skills now, but I didn't have that. It took me 20 years to learn how to lead, 20 years into my career. So I was in my 30s or nearly 40, 40 before I, I was actually over 40. I was 19 years into my career before I learned how to actually, what does leadership really mean? And so I would say those three things were the, the keys to me getting where I'm at now, kind of looking at me from a kind of a young, a young person that was really ambitious, that wanted to do a lot of things, but I never, I didn't know how. And I think when I, putting these three things together uh, really helped me a lot. Okay, Brett, I think you have touched upon some really interesting facts <laughs> over here. And I like to kind of discuss two of these things that sure. we have touched upon. Mm -hmm. The first thing that you mentioned about was that you realized that the problem was not in the world or the external right. factors, but that was within you. Right. So I like to ask you, how did that happen? And 
request you if you could share with, with us that how did you go through that self-reflection journey, which is very important. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a great it's a great question, and I hope that I hope this will help others because I I agree with you that I know a lot of people that run into the same same boat, which is why I mentioned it today on your program. So for me, if I go back to that point in time when I had quit university, being the young person, right, around the same, roughly the same age that you're talking about, I, Ishani, went back, I just stared at my wall saying, what in the world did I just do? What What is wrong with me? Why did I waste my parents' money to, to you know, go to school for 10 days, etc.? Well, I got a I got a book. I don't remember what the book was, but we'll talk about books later in our conversation. But I remember reading in a book uh, something about handling adversity because I got out into into the real world at the time, and I found out that well, this isn't everything that I thought that it would be. So anyway, what I read in this book and what I realized was that my core problem was inside of myself, where. I had something called, uh, I learned, I read something called adversity quotient, AQ. And a lot of people have never heard of this. They've heard of IQ and EQ, but they haven't heard of AQ. So without getting into a lot of detail, adversity quotient or AQ, that I had a very low AQ. And the scenario you, you posed with younger generations, even today, they have a low AQ too. So, hey, I know what it feels like, okay? And I'm telling you part of my story right now that an AQ, the reason I had a low AQ, the reason a lot of people have a low AQ is there's nothing wrong with you as a person, okay? But what happens is in order to in order to drive up your AQ and increase it, the three things have to happen. Number one, you have to not blame other people, for the circumstance, either in your own mind or uh, most of this happens in your head, by the way. It doesn't really happen, you know, publicly. So so I had a low IQ because I was blaming everybody else, right? I was blaming the professors. I was blaming the dorm room, the food, everything. Everything was wrong except for me. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I was blaming myself. I, I wasn't, in this case, blaming myself, but a lot of people blame themselves and say, well, why why is this happening to me? It shouldn't be this way because I thought that it would turn out to be a much happier circumstance. So so advice number two is don't blame yourself, okay? And number three, and very importantly, understand that whatever you're dealing with, Ishani, it's not permanent, okay? It is, And it's not of cosmic importance, meaning that, you know, the world is not going to stop rotating because of whatever you're going through. It's going to be okay. And these three things, don't blame others, don't blame yourself, and understand that this is limited in scope and duration. Those three things, Ishani, once I learned that, I read that in in the book way back. This was in 1980, in the 1980s, uh, mid-1980s. Once I learned that, I was able to apply that, and I'm still applying it today. I applied that to leading thousands and tens of thousands of people that when you go through a crisis or you go through a rough period, whether you're young or you're old, it doesn't matter the generation, work on your AQ, and this is how you do it. These three things, don't play the blame game 
and understand. I feel so privileged and honored that we are able to, you know, learn such important and meaningful things about life at this point in time through you. Yeah. Uh, you're sharing your knowledge, your experience with us. And this is immensely, immensely precious for me and I'm sure for our, our, our listeners as well. Mm. So firstly, I'm grateful to you mm. and for Thank putting you. it out there so in, in a, such an easy, clear, understanding manner. It was really, it was very interesting for me to understand the moment you think that it is temporary, it, it won't last forever. Right. And that, you know, blaming yourself or someone else will never solve the problem exactly. because you're still in the thinking mode. You haven't taken any action, which is in your favor. Right. Mm -hmm. So this was so good, Brett. Thank you so much for taking us through this. Sure. The other thing that I wanted to kind of acknowledge over here was that when you mentioned that it took you nearly 19 years to, you know, come to the fact where you understand that, wow, you are a leader or you want to, you know, go ahead with full power in that direction and help other people around the globe mm. in the business and makes me understand that how important is to keep being consistent in what you do yet improving little by little every day and not everything happens just in blink of an eye like that right so for everyone who's listening to us today, if you're doing something that you really like, if you're improving and going in the direction every day, the, whatever you're looking out for, it will come. And I think patience is what we need to keep because we have an example over here, Brett, who is leading thousands of leaders around the world. So now let's jump into that amazing world of Brett and amazing people that he's been helping improve their performance and be the elite performers. So Brett, my question to you is, what is the process that you take while, you know, helping people become the elite performers? So I, I think a lot of it starts with what is an elite performer, right? Because I, I, I don't want people to get the wrong impression here that, that if you're not an elite performer, then you're, you're a bad person. It's not that way at all. And, you know, most people, by the way, Ashani, don't have a desire to become an elite performer. So that's important for everybody to understand. But an elite performer is somebody that is in the first decile of performance on whatever they're doing. Okay, so if you're if you're in sales, then that means that in the marketplace, you're in that first decile repeatedly. You you live there. You do that. And I work with people that are there and they want to stay there because. When you're there, in the other thing in the real world, Ashani, is that things are always changing. So the one the one thing that's fresh on everybody's mind is a pandemic. That was a big change when that happened. Okay. But I can tell you also if I go back in 1998, I was uh, living and working in San Francisco, California, and there was a crisis in Thailand and uh, with the Thai bot called the Asian Financial Crisis, the AFC. And that crisis uh, created an opportunity for me to go to Asia. And then my career opened up in Asia. In 2001, when 9-11 happened, I was in Japan. And that was another crisis, okay, that I had to guide a team through as well. In 2008, 2007, 8, when the global financial crisis, the GFC happened, I was in London when that happened. 
And these are these are big things. And now the pandemic that happened in 2019. So one of the things back to your question about elite performers is that the world is not static. It's dynamic. Right. It's fluid. Things are always changing. So just when you have something figured out, this is why the if you read something that says the five steps to becoming a great leader, I don't believe that that works well for elite performance, because if you do four of the five steps and then something changes in the environment that you have and you have nothing to do with that change, it's completely out of your control like the pandemic, then you have to go back to square one and do those same four things again. People get frustrated and you want to pull your hair out saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did these five steps to becoming a great leader. And now I have to start all over again. And that's why in the real world, the other thing I want your listeners to understand is that we live in a world of constant change. And that's why it's so important to to work on our personal development. That's what I help people. And in light of changing conditions, adverse conditions, you and I already spoke about adversity, right? So that's clearly something we have to... The other thing is changing conditions, right? Why in the world are so many people quitting their jobs nowadays because they're not happy with leadership? Leadership. There's a lot of people that are just saying, you know, I, I don't tolerate this. I'm not going to continue to do this so because true. my my boss doesn't really understand what I want to do. So what can what can be done? So that would be an example of an elite leader would understand that, and they would they would connect with people and understand what happened. What this is what took me 19 years to learn. Okay, I want to talk about that now because it's relevant to your question. It took me 19 years to learn that all that leadership really is, elite leadership is, Shawnee, is is creating an ecosystem where each person can perform at their potential and and they feel good. That's it. End of story. You don't read this definition in a textbook. You don't take a course about it. That's what I learned, and it took me 19 years to learn it the hard way, okay? And what that means is that your potential is different than my potential, and that's okay because we're different people, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. So if I'm your leader, let's say you're my leader, Ashani, your job should be to make sure that Brett has the tools and the motivation and everything to perform at his best potential. And then the, the next person, the same thing as well. And that, that, makes, that means that you as a leader need to take steps to understand, well, what really motivates Brett? What is Brett? What inspires him to do well? Uh, what kind of tools? Uh, I'll, I'll give you the fishing analogy. So if, we're, if you're in charge of a village, if you're a leader... Mm-hmm you're responsible for the village, then you get a fishing pole and fishing bait and you give that to Brett and you teach Brett how to fish. You don't catch the fish for him. You need to teach him how to do that. And then it's his job to go perform. And that's really how it should work. But what you don't do is you don't bring, you don't say, Hey, Brett, go catch fish. 
and then you don't give him any tools and he doesn't yeah. know how to do this and then he fails he feels bad about it and he can't and nobody can eat so that's a that's an example in its simplest form it took me 19 years to learn this concept wow i think as i yeah. said as i mentioned earlier that i feel grateful that we can learn from your experience and as you mentioned that this particular simple concept that we now feel it's very simple but it must have taken you a lot of different experiences for yourself yeah. to come to this understanding that what an elite performer means as brett mentioned it's not about being you know better than someone else or right. only a few can achieve it it's about what you can do at your best and even as a leader how you can provide your people or your teammate with the right tools mm -hmm. and the right way how you can guide them to do what they want to do and in the end impacting the overall goal of the team. Right. So this was amazing bread. I am so excited that I could spend this few minutes with you and really thankful for your time because that's the most precious thing that someone can gift you. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So before we take your leave today, I like to ask you this last question in your glorious, amazing career. If you can give us one, one of the best learnings that you had, it could be through any incident, maybe in your growing up days or your, you know, recent times in profession. And second, something that you feel like people can avoid that. Okay, I would say that uh, there, there's a one, one, we talked about adversity. There's a lot of things that I could, a lot of examples I could give, but I want to talk about one that is really simple that everybody will remember. Okay. And uh, they can, they can go onto YouTube and, and learn all about it if they want. But let me just, so Bruce Lee had a very famous quotation and it said, be water, my friend. And all of your listeners are going to go into YouTube when they hear this and they're going to uh, Google it and learn all about it. And this is very powerful because what, what he meant by be water, my friend, if you think about water and you pour it into a teacup, it becomes the shape of the cup. If you pour it into a water bottle, it becomes the shape of the water bottle. If you pour, if you pour water on your head, it, it comes down on your face. So the water adjusts itself to whatever object it's being put in, right? Makes sense, right? So life is life, leadership, business. It's the same way. If you can learn to be like water and learn to adapt to different situations, you'll go very far in life. And that's what, that's really what Bruce Lee meant by that quotation. That has resonated incredibly well with me. And it's proven time and time again, when there's a changing condition or something that I'm struggling with, I think about water. It's very basic. And I think about maybe I need to do something differently to adjust and I need to be more like water instead of waiting for the world to make an adjustment for me, that probably won't happen. Because if I'm waiting for that, I might be waiting forever. Maybe I need to adjust. Does that make sense? That makes absolute sense. 
And that sounds really, really interesting. The quote that you have shared is very valuable because I think for everyone who's listening to us, we are still in a in a in the time that we can mold our mindset as well in a way that could be the that could lead us to do a lot of things right. in our lives. So I think it's the right time that you have shared this with them. Mm. So thank you again, Brett. And I think I like to sort of end this uh, episode on a very good note by Brett himself. As Brett says, that elite performers deliver when it matters the most. Mm. So thank you, Brett. Thank you for being on my first step ever. It has been an amazing pleasure to share this time and share the screen space with you today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for the opportunity. I believe in the younger generation because that's the future. And I, what I want all your listeners, they can feel free to reach out to me. I, because I really have an interest in making sure that uh, people um, can be the very best that they can be. And so anybody listening to this, you can do it. Just remember that be like water. Friends, if you have reached thus far today, firstly, thank you so much. It really means that you have learned something out of today's episode and you have enjoyed. So why don't you share it with me and let me know that what is that you have learned and what would you like to listen more in the upcoming episodes. I love to build a relationship with my viewers and audiences and know what really is that helping them. So you can follow me on my Instagram handle, which is at my first step ever underscore in and subscribe to my youtube channel for weekly video updates and yes if you like what i do over here follow my first step ever on google apple or spotify and please drop your rating my show and comment well this can be a way you can help me achieve my dreams to reach out to millions who need to hear this as i help you in your journey in taking the first step ever until next time, start believing in yourself and most importantly, keep believing in yourself.